Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 110 on April 6th of 2023. Today, I'll be answering five questions received in the last week. For more insights into how to choose stocks that will provide you with both a reliable, ever-growing income and constant growth in your portfolio, visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Question number one. How do you find a good investment advisor who will give you unbiased advice that is in your best interests? What I have learned from spending years educating investors is that financial planners and investment advisors are crutches that most investors latch onto. They think that these experts have the time to hold their hand and make wise decisions that will make them rich. Unfortunately, these experts have much less time to worry about your investments than you do. If they are good, they have 100 or more clients that they must appear to be dedicating their undivided attention to. At least 20% of these clients die or move on each year and have to be replaced. This requires prospecting hundreds of potential clients and trying to sell them on their investment services. In a year, you might be lucky to get an investment advisor to give you one hour of their undivided attention to your portfolio. What you are going to get in the way of advice is investing your money in some form of a fund. Funds are easy to sell to the innocent because they cloud what you are investing in. They can be promoted as providing safe diversification of your investments. This is a meaningless phrase. Few investors look at the prospectus for a fund. They blindly invest in whatever fund the expert recommends, not realizing that the investment advisor also has only a vague idea of what is in the fund. Since fund managers can change the investments in the fund once they have your money, whatever is in the fund now is not necessarily what could be in it tomorrow. To give you the illusion of expertise, the investment advisor may name a few well-known stocks in the fund. However, they have only a vague idea of what makes up the other 90% of the fund. They are not the fund managers. An investment advisor's objective is to take as income 1% to 4% of the value of your proposed portfolio every year. They will give you no guarantees. If your portfolio shrinks, they hope you will accept that this is just the way it is in the stock market and leave the portfolio with them. Of course, the contractual obligations you signed in buying the fund can inhibit taking the fund away from them without a penalty. Only 1% of investors do their own stock research 
and carefully choose financially strong companies that they intend to benefit from for the rest of their lives. They are brainwashed into believing that stock research is complicated and they could not possibly get better results than the professional investment advisor. They are wrong. All the information you need to make investment decisions is immediately available and free of charge. All companies selling shares in the stock exchange must file audited financial information every 90 days. It is sitting there, waiting, with smart investors willing to take the time to benefit from it. No one will ever be as concerned about the health of your portfolio as you are. If you do not take the time to learn how to sort stocks from the most to the least desirable, then you have nothing to complain about when your portfolio fails to grow. The stock market is not a casino where your success depends on luck. It can be looked at as a rich database of factual information that you only need to be shown how to interpret and mine it to your benefit. Question number two. What does a stock with a very low price-to-earnings ratio tell you about how investors feel about such a stock? I like stocks with low price-to-earnings when they are paying high dividends. Dividends are paid from profits or earnings. To me, the price-per-earnings ratio is an indication of how many years it would take for me to get back from the company's profits the money I spent buying that stock. I look for stocks with low price-to-earning ratios who for the last 25 years have shown steady, consistent increases in share price and dividend payouts. This is an indication of a well-managed, reliable company. Even during market crashes, when their share prices may drop, their dividend payouts stayed steady or even increased. Management controls profits, not speculators who only control prices. My conservative approach is contrary to most investors who are speculators. They see the stock market as a casino, where if they buy the right stock, its share prices will rise dramatically and they will become rich. They are motivated by a high price-to-earnings ratio because the price has exploded upwards by speculators convinced the price is going ever higher and that everyone who invests in this stock will get rich. Unfortunately, bubbles do burst. A few, very few, who get the timing right will sell such a stock before it shrinks back to a more reasonable price-to-earnings ratio. If the company is not well-managed, it can be unprofitable despite its ever-rising high share price. Unprofitable companies must go bankrupt 
when all their assets are depleted? Why speculate if you do not have to? You can become quite wealthy over time by carefully choosing financially strong, profitable stocks paying high dividends. For those who ask for examples of stable, financially strong stocks, whose share prices and dividend payouts have grown steadily for more than 10 years, I refer them to my last investment book, New York Stock Exchange's 106 Best High Dividend Stocks. The listing on page 272 of that book for Turnium S.A. would be just one example in the book of such a stock. Its price-to-earnings ratio is only 1.5. In May of 2022, it paid a dividend of $1.80 on a share price of $43.97. In June of 2007, it had paid a dividend of $0.50 on a share price of $23.40. Question number three. Should I start learning about investing now or wait until I have more capital to invest? In my 50s, I ended up receiving a very large settlement. Knowing little about investing, I took this money to a friend, an investment advisor, who invested all of it in mutual funds. He told me that it would last the rest of my life. If when I retired, I sold 4% of the fund units each year after I retired to live on. Three years later, my wonderful investment had lost $300,000. I was now worried about my retirement. My faith in the value of investment advisors had been shattered. It was time to become a self-directed investor. I felt I could not do worse than what that expert with decades of experience had invested my money in. I took back what money was left and set out to find a safe way to invest this so that I would realize a steady, generous, safe dividend income and watch those financially strong companies with long histories of share price growth that I chose grow my portfolio and keep me ahead of inflation. To help me more easily sort stocks from the most to the least desirable to own, I built a stock scoring system. That was 20 years ago. In my retirement, I've lived very comfortably off my dividend income and watched my portfolio grow by several multiples, despite taking out that dividend income. I wish that I learned how to invest safely in my 20s when I first started working. By the time I was in my 40s, I expect I could have been financially independent. However, there is a reality of a commitment to investing. Unless you have a significant amount of money invested, it is probably 
too easy to be distracted by all the wonderful things out there to spend money on. You should start now with what you have and contribute steadily to it every month until you are retired. You will be able to invest your dividend income into the portfolio to make it grow faster. I was asked by friends who saw my investments grow to write down how they could do what I had done. I have now written several investment books whose message can be condensed down into the following 10 tips, which I email to those who ask for them. Ian's 10 Tips to Profitable Investing. 1. Invest in financially strong businesses paying high dividends because dividends come from profits. Invest equally and no fewer than 20 companies and no more than 30 to minimize the impact of one stock yet deviating from a successful historical patterns. Number three, review each stock share price and dividend payouts for the last 20 years to choose stocks that are ever-growing. Don't invest in anything that is expensive to acquire, has ongoing fees and no chance for capital gain, for example, preferred shares, bonds, and so on. Number five, do not borrow money to invest in stocks. Number six, only invest in stocks that you intend to own for the rest of your life. To avoid having to speculate, live on your dividends. Only when you sell a stock do you incur capital gains and pay income tax on the gain. Number nine, listen to investment recommendations but always thoroughly verify their credibility. Number 10, to know why and what you are invested in, you must manage your own portfolio. Question number four. Is now a good time to invest? Now is a great time to invest in financially strong companies paying high dividends. Share prices for such stocks are lower than they were a year ago, but many of these companies are paying their same dividend payouts. Eventually, the share price of these stocks will increase in value, and as they increase, they will also increase their dividend payouts. Stock prices are down because pessimists are willing to take less for the shares they are selling. Fortunately, share prices have little to do with profits. Profits are the result of wise revenue and expense decisions made by the management of a company. They will invest more in marketing or cut staff to make sure profit objectives are met. The managers of corporations focus on their profit objectives, which are usually a higher figure than the previous year's profit results. From profits come dividends. The quickest way to identify strong companies is by their record of ever-increasing dividend payouts. Share prices of financially strong, 
high dividend paying companies weather the storms of share price fluctuations very well. Almost always, the share prices of these carefully chosen stocks again rise to new record highs after the dip. I stay away from mutual funds, index funds, and ETFs because investors have no control over what the fund managers invest the funds into. I know from having scored and analyzed thousands of stocks that there are only about 100 companies that I would even consider worth investing in. So when I see a typical mutual fund with hundreds of stocks in it, I know that much of these stocks are just mediocre fillers to impress those who think they are getting good, safe diversity if the fund contains hundreds of stocks. All they usually pay attention to are the 10 or so high-profile stocks in the news who are added to the fund to make it look safe. Selling funds is all about marketing and making fund companies rich. They offer no guarantees and the fund will take their annual management fee whether the value of the client's portfolio grows or shrinks. There are thousands of funds trying to get their hands on your money. They are looking for those who do not understand they could do better as self-directed investors with just a little insight into simple investing knowledge. Question number five. Why do stock traders lose money? Stock traders lose money because they think they can predict future share prices. They fail to accept that to optimistically buy a stock, they must complete a trade with a pessimistic owner of the stock who is sure they can predict the stock's future decline in value. They both are exposed to the same information but are placing their own unique interpretation on the data. One is motivated by the carrot of wealth and the other is motivated by the fear of poverty. If they ignored share prices and concentrated on a company's ability to generate high profits over the long term, they would not lose money. This can easily be proven by looking at historical records of stock share prices and dividend payouts over the last 24 years. Several companies have never had a decline in their dividend payouts in those 24 years, even though their share prices may have dipped in the market crash years of 2000, 2008, and 2020. After each crash, those share prices again rose to new record highs. Investing equally in a portfolio of 20 such financially strong, diversified companies paying high dividends can give you, an investor, a steady income of at least 6% of the portfolio's value each year. To live on, while over several years average 
a capital gain of about 12% to keep that dividend income ahead of inflation. In the reference book, New York Stock Exchange's 106 Best High Dividend Stocks Analyzed and Scored, there are several examples of such stocks displayed. Speculators only control share prices. The managers of companies control profits from which dividends are paid as a result of their wise revenue and expense decisions. If profit objectives are not going to be met, they will reduce employee counts and do whatever is necessary to achieve their profit objective. Without question, they know that without profits, companies fail, and with the failure of their company, they lose their personal income. Thus, it is in their selfish interest to control the achieving of profits. Investors who risk money on the profit-generating ability of such executives will, over time, beat those who try to buy stocks at a low price and sell at a higher price based on vague guessing, luck, rumors, and market hype. Unfortunately, such investing requires patience and the careful choosing of dividend stocks, which is not very exciting for speculators. Perhaps investing is not supposed to be exciting. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.